0: Hey friends, welcome to the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. I'm your host, Andrea Fortenberry. This is a podcast about finding freedom from perfectionism to show up for the life God has for you. Mom life is messy, unpredictable, and just plain hard sometimes, but it's also amazing. I believe God uses it all to grow us into the women He wants us to be. We can't do motherhood on our own. We need God's help. We need wisdom from other moms. We need the encouragement of community. I hope you'll find all of that and more as you listen in. Welcome to episode 61 of the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. Today, I'm chatting with my friend and MOPs co-worker, Jennifer Iverson. Jennifer is a speaker, wife, mom, and efficiency expert. With over 20 years of experience, Jennifer loves helping women develop as leaders and accomplish their goals. She believes that communication is the key that unlocks healthy relationships and that anything can be accomplished with a good cup of coffee. Jennifer is a mom to six children, now ages 16 to 26, and truly does organize closets for fun. You can find her at JenniferIverson.com and on Instagram at Ivy Mama. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer.
1: Oh, thank you, Andrea. It is so fun to be here.
0: Well, when I knew I was going to do this holiday episode, I knew you were the perfect person to have on to have conversation about how do we plan and manage our holidays because like I mentioned in your bio, you love organizing things. You are the most organized person I know. And our listeners can't see this, but I'm looking at your beautiful office with your books like organized by color and Aww. you truly do love organizing. And you're so great at just all th- keeping s- systems and structures and things going and your mom to six kids. So you, yeah, that, you do it that all.
1: Kind of became a necessity with six kids. <laughs> there was no way to keep it all together without being somewhat organized. So
0: yes, yes. So like I said, immediately I thought of you and it's fun. We have chatted a little bit about what we want to share with listeners today about how to manage the holidays and how to go into it with somewhat of a plan and some things that we can do to help our holidays run more smoothly. So this episode is coming out at the end of October. And while you may think, oh, that's a little early, like Thanksgiving is a month away, all that, oh, no, no. Like, I feel like when Halloween comes, you blink and you're like in the thick of it. So we wanted to try to get a little bit ahead of the game to help you prepare and do some things on the front end that will be helpful to you as you go along. So this episode we're going to talk more about like big picture things and then we're going to do a part 2 where we're going to give you just some super practical things like some of our favorite things tips, hacks, that sort of thing. So Jen, let's dive in now to what is maybe something that we can do as we're thinking about the holidays, what what's maybe the biggest step or most important thing we can can start off with.
1: Oh, well, you're right, like you really do have to start big, big picture. And they do move super fast, right? It's like the busiest time of the year. And so I think sometimes we have to start with what are our expectations for the year. And so whether you're listening to this at the end of October, or you're like the third week in December, (laughs) I want you to pause and think about a minute What are the expectations? How do you want the holidays to feel? And you're right. I think for some people, the holidays start with, you know, Halloween and go through, but this is something you could use any time of year. Do you want this time of year to feel fun? Do you want it to feel relaxing? Do you think the holidays are all about being full of activities? Or do you want them to be like quiet and peaceful? Mm And family time. And I even thought I asked somebody, how do you want the holidays to feel? And their answer was perfect, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) Your podcast, I was like, okay, but define what is perfect? Like, what does that feel like? And sometimes that can be different. Your expectations can be different for the holidays between you and your spouse. Maybe even you and your kids you know and it's not just are you an introvert or an extrovert I mean I am very much an extrovert but I like the slow mornings in your pajamas of some of our holidays Mm -hmm. you know Thanksgiving I want to be on the sofa with a cup of coffee watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade like I don't want to be doing all these activities and so Mm -hmm. What are, my husband thinks the parade is silly, like he doesn't want to watch the parade. <laughs> so what are your expectations? So I think it's really important to have that conversation with your spouse. And like you mentioned, my kids are older, so I've started to have some of those conversations with my kids too. So I think that's the first thing. Like what What are our expectations on what it should feel like? Right. I think that really helps us
0: clarify things as moms because we see all of our friends online, like doing a hundred things for the holidays. We look on Pinterest and we get all of these ideas and we can feel overwhelmed and feel like we have to do it all. But when we take that pause and, and have just a step back and talk to our family about what's meaningful to our family, like what do you hope we do this holiday season? And we might be surprised and realize, oh, I don't have to do it all. Like, I can just do what is meaningful to us. And that could change year to year as well. Like, one year your kids might say they don't want to do this particular thing, and next year they're going to be all about it. So it's just a constant conversation. But I think it really can help us just take the pressure off of feeling we have to do everything. And we can then choose to do specific things instead of trying to cram it all in. Because I've tried that, and everyone feels stressed and overwhelmed. And it's, it's not fun so it's like we don't have to we don't have to manage <laughs> manage the holidays that way let's let's ask what's important and decide from there
1: yeah i saw a meme the other day that said for people considering getting married it's very important to find out whether your new family is a run a 5k on thanksgiving morning or watch the parade <laughs> Thanksgiving morning, like know what you're getting into.
0: Yes, that's very wise. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And you touched on it too, like asking our kids, it's like you have, you reach a point as a mom where you, you might feel like you're trying to balance everybody's things. And, you know, I have six kids, like you said. And if I were to say, okay, what is your favorite part of Christmas? I might get six different answers and my schedule might not allow us to do all six of those, those things. And so some of our jobs as a mom, because really the schedules usually land (laughs) on us for the decision-making, right. Are balancing some of that balancing their expectations too. Like I know you want to go skiing, but the reality is that's not in our budget so i don't know that we're going to all go skiing as a family this christmas so you you get to figure out like okay is that is that a gift can i give them right. the gift of skiing can i you know it's it's kind of a juggling act but you're not going to know what their expectations are if you don't ask right Yeah,
0: definitely. And another thing I thought as you were talking is it's important for us to ask ourselves that question. Like, what do we want the holidays to look like? What specific events or things do we want to do? And let's consider and factor those into because I think as moms, very often we consider ourselves last and we're like, let's do everything for the kids or what my spouse wants to do. And I think it's important for us to get to do things that we do or don't want to do as well during the holidays.
1: Well, and I think that's important to model for your kids too. Mm -hmm. Like my kids know that I want to watch the parade. And so they know, okay, these are the things that need to be done and mom's asked us to do this in the morning because she's going to watch the parade. Or we're all going to wait to do things because we're going to sit with her. Mm-hmm. So I think if we are constantly modeling that we're putting our desires and our wants on the back burner and caring for everybody else, while that is noble and that is what, you know, kind of the definition of mom <laughs> is, I think it's important, too, that we model that we're taking care of ourselves. and. Right expressing Mm -hmm. what we desire.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think that like some of these things, our kids see, they catch it versus us like telling them and you know, you have older kids, some of your kids are married. Like, I think it's really good for us, even when our kids are little to think about this, because we're showing our kids like what, what does it mean to be a mom? So I don't want my daughter to learn that like, oh, mom doesn't, you know, get a say, like mom does everything for everybody else at the holidays. And she puts herself last. No, because I want her to learn that she can consider herself as well. And then conversely, I don't want my son to learn that to expect of his spouse, like, oh, she's going to do this. So even though, yeah, it might seem like, it's not something we have on the forefront of our mind. I think it's a benefit of us doing this exercise of talking about expectations, managing them and considering our own desires that just teaches them lifelong lessons that they can carry with them.
1: Yeah. I think the other thing it does for us as moms, we sometimes like I, I love the, the tradition of carving jack-o'-lanterns at Halloween but I hate the mess. And one year I was like, that's it. It feels like it's logistically challenging to get everybody together to do this. Nobody seems to really care. We're not doing it, but I didn't ask them whether they wanted mm-hmm. to do it. Oh my word. <laughs> like, what do you mean? We're not getting pumpkins to carve. What do you, mean? so sometimes it's asking them like, what is, what is important? you know, whether it's a favorite dish at Thanksgiving, like we, my, I will be honest, my Thanksgiving menu is a little out of hand, like (laughs) it's a little obscene, the number of dishes that we make for Thanksgiving. And so a couple of years ago, I asked my kids what, well, and I ask even visitors that come to our house for Thanksgiving, which is different every year, it seems. What dish, is will it feel like it's not Thanksgiving if this dish is not on the table? Mm -hmm. And just to get a feel for what needs to be there. And there were some surprises, like my favorite dish was nobody else said my favorite dish. It was a little defeating. My favorite dish, I wanted it there. (laughs) Nobody else in the family mentioned it. Like they were like, we don't have to have that. I was like, (laughs) We have it, but now I make a smaller one. Like mm-hmm. I don't make a big giant nine by 13. I make a tiny little eight by eight of it, you know? Yeah. What is it by the way? A sweet potato casserole. Ooh. We call it sweet potato souffle because yeah. it's really fancy, but it has, it is really candy. It <laughs> has so much sugar in it. And so it's like pecans and sugary topping. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I'll I'll send you the recipe. How okay, sounds good. <laughs> but the one thing that I dreaded making every year was green bean casserole. I know some mm-hmm. people love it. I'm I not a fan. It. But it's like a family tradition, right? You have green bean casserole. On <laughs> I specifically asked about that one, and nobody wanted it. I was like, "Yes, (laughs) it feels like a win. I don't have to make green bean casserole anymore." And then we had some people over last Thanksgiving. Some good friends of ours came for Thanksgiving, and I asked them that question, and they said green bean casserole. (laughs) I was like, "Okay, we're making another eight by eight of green bean casserole." Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, but you know, you want people to feel special right for me one of my things about my expectations is i want everybody to feel like they were special like they were seen and i want them to feel comfortable and so for me the way to do that is to ask what meal makes you feel that way what dish makes you feel that way right. so yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then I like what you said. If you learn that something's not important, then don't make it. And you, <laughs> you have a little extra time on your hands, less dishes yeah. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, there's so many activities that we can do during the holidays. Like you mentioned carving pumpkins. I'm singing for Christmas. There's gingerbread houses, like Christmas PJs, making cookies. Like there's so many things we can do, but it's helpful for us to realize we don't have to do it all. So let's let's do the top couple of things or what have you because i think it is important for us to have some of those slow moments and actually i asked on social media this week preparing for this episode you know what what do you need help with this holiday season so that we could talk about it and a lot of people said like how do i slow down and enjoy the true meaning of the season instead of feeling like I have to do it all. And so I think that's, it's important for us to carve out like that downtime, that white space on our calendar. So we just have the opportunity to do that and just give ourselves some time to breathe and really reflect on, on the meaning of, of the holidays. So Ask your family, what what are the top things that are meaningful to you? And then, like you said, we have to balance it as we can add them in, but feel some freedom to to not have to do everything.
1: And I think in the midst of all of that, a good thing to remember is that you have to be flexible. You know, if one of your kids says one of their favorite activities are building a snowman and you're not getting snow, then that's not (laughs) right. And as a mom, I might go, well, let's figure out how to do something fun with this. Like let's build ice cream snowmen, or, you know, something like that. So you can pivot and do some fun Mm -hmm. things, but also, you know, what happens if this Christmas is the Christmas that everybody comes down with strep throat, like all the activities and you gotta, you gotta Mm -hmm. pivot. And so I think going into it, knowing how you want the holidays to feel. And then when something happens to change it, because I will tell you in 28 years of marriage to my husband, I don't know that there has been a single Christmas that has gone off without any unexpected things happening, Right, things going to happen. So I feel like if you go into it, knowing that you can be like, okay, this is just another piece of an adventure. Right. right? We don't know what's happening. This was our plan. Can we still do this? Can we tweak it a little bit and do it? Or do we have to say, you know what, this isn't happening this year, maybe next year.
0: Right. So. Yeah, Yeah, and then I think some of those mishaps and unexpected things that happen during the holidays are like the greatest stories and memories later, right? Like, remember that one Christmas that mom, you know, burned the ham or whatever, whatever it is. And we had to have
1: pizza for (laughs) dinner,
0: right? Yeah, whatever (laughs) it it is, it can be memorable. So in the moment when we are finding that our perfectionistic expectations are not coming to fruition, let's not lose it. Let's just you know regroup, figure it out and it's going to be okay. So I'm thinking of other things too that have unexpectedly happened. Like one year I ordered my daughter a jacket that was going to be part of her Christmas, but we also needed it because we were going to the mountains and it didn't come. Like it just didn't come on time. So I'm like, okay, I, I don't even remember what I did. If I borrowed a jacket or if I just went and got one somewhere else, you know, so things like that happen. Packages don't come. We order something too late. Like Another thing I've learned, like if it doesn't come on time, like take a picture or like print a picture from the internet and put it in a box like that, that can work (laughs) too. So so we just have to be open and flexible. And then again, remember, take the step back. What's the true meaning of the holiday and focus on that. My, My brother and I love the movie, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. And one of my favorite lines, and we quote it all the time that is in that movie and book is, about Christmas. And and it says that it came without, oh, now I'm going to forget it because I'm on the spot. So it says it came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. So just talking about that Christmas still came, even though all these extra things that are normally part of Christmas weren't there, the who's were still celebrating because Christmas still came. And I think that's such an important lesson for us to remember is it's not about all of those things. Like, yes, all of those things are part of our memories that we have in the traditions that we have, but Christmas will still come. The true meaning of Christmas is right. always going to be there no matter what our holidays look like. So I think keeping that at the forefront and then doing everything else as we're able to just, just can help, our, I think, put our heart in the right place. And again, align our expectations with reality.
1: Well, and I think you hit on that too. Like timing is really important about those things. You know, Thanksgiving doesn't have to happen on the day if somebody's sick or schedules are weird. Right. Uh, I think of New Year's Eve, like how many times did I throw a New Year's Eve party, so to speak, for my younger kids when they were like elementary age and younger, because they wanted to be part of the excitement, but I did not want to be up until midnight. <laughs> you can pivot on a lot of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we
0: did with friends one time a Noon Year's party. So we did it at noon on New Year's Eve and (laughs) celebrated then. So yeah, I think too, not being so tied down to a date because there are circumstances like you have kiddos who are married or if you have a blended family or come from a blended family or sometimes is that necessity of it's not going to be on the day. So let's, again, just reset expectations, like realize it's okay. We can still celebrate on a different day and it can still be meaningful and memorable.
1: Yeah. I, I often think I have a, a girlfriend whose birthday is Christmas Eve. And I often think about how many times she didn't have the same birthday experience that right. I had because my birthday is in June. And so You know, who's to say we didn't celebrate her birthday on Christmas Eve and do sort of your traditional Christmas Eve activities the day before? Or, you know, right. So I think sometimes we get really tied to the date when we think about our plans and our expectations. Sometimes we need to just kind of open our hands a little bit with that. Yeah, for sure. So we talked about expectations a lot, and you asked, like, what are some of the big picture things? Being open-handed about things, I think of travel a lot, too. Yeah and we when I think of the holidays specifically, I think of like Thanksgiving to New Year's. Like that's sort of on the brain right. time of year, right? And we, for the majority of my marriage, have not lived close to family. And so if we were going to see family, it involved travel of some sort. And I'm just going to say, traveling with kids, whether you have one child or six child, six children, whatever, see, they make you not be able to <laughs> um, it's challenging. People sometimes look and go, oh, my word, you have six kids. How do you travel? And I want to turn around and go, I'm sorry. It started being difficult when there was one. Like, right. It's not necessarily the number of kids. You learn how to do things as you go. But they come with so much gear, and (laughs) how do you manage work schedules, distance, and time? And oh, it's just, it's a lot to think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, I traveled just a couple of times with my kids, like on a plane you know with yeah managing like solo managing the car seat and stroller and the you know putting the pack in play checking that and like it's just it's just a lot to to manage and i think yeah it's important for us to think about like what could make our life a little easier in that so maybe we do decide to go ahead and travel but what are some things that can be helpful to us as we Are traveling so I think one thing that came to my mind is like asking to borrow some gear wherever you're going if you have extended family there or you know people that you're going to visit like can ask people they go to church with or whatever so that you don't have to take all of that and it's not packing nightmare of having to take all the things with you
1: right so I think of things like if you've got babies, you think of things like a pack and play or a stroller or a high chair, like nobody wants to carry all of those things with you when you travel, whether you're flying or driving, right? right. Yep. But the reality is if you've got any child, you know, three and under, all three of those things are very valuable, right? Right. But I even think so far as, for instance, you live someplace where it's nice and warm, and if you went way north for Christmas, right. you know, put out the call. Does anybody have girls size 12 snow pants and snow boots that we can borrow? Because I will tell you in my life, when we lived someplace cold, I always had extras of those. And so utilize church families your mops family, like put out the call. Hey, we're going to Canada. And I mean, Canada is a really large place to put the call out. (laughs) And we need snow pants and snow boots. And I just like, they're not even in the store. Like I can't even go to the store and buy them. Thank you, Amazon. I could probably get them there, but who wants to spend a hundred dollars on something you're going to use for a few days? Right. I even think I heard somebody the other day, they were going to visit family and their kids were really into bike riding. And so they said, does anybody have bikes that we can borrow when we get there? We want to do some bike riding, but I'm not I'm not bringing bikes for everybody with me. Right. So think about how you could possibly not travel with all of this gear. How can we utilize helping each other mm-hmm. some of that? Yeah. I think it's also important again to pull out the calendar and look realistically at travel I have a spouse who is a get in the car and go kind of person. And we just, the majority of our travel has been by car, not, not Mm -hmm. by. And we learned early on that we had to set expectations for how far we could travel in a day. And my rule, even I'm going to say it's still a rule, but my rule is no more than 600 miles, not 601. You know, (laughs) 600 miles. We will not go more than 600 miles in a day. So you figure out how far that is. But when our kids were little, like you, you have to stop a bazillion times with small children, especially potty training child. Yes. Oh, Oh, Right. (laughs) So you cannot just get in the car and drive, you know, forever and ever. So be realistic about the time. Time frame of that. I know some people are like, "Oh, we'll just get in the car and drive all night long." Well, if that works for you, awesome. But like for me, I did not need to arrive at eight in the morning and then take twenty four hours to recuperate. Like right. that was not was not going to go well. And so, think of realistically about what does travel travel look like. One year, or two, we traveled on Christmas Day. In, we flew on Christmas Day because we didn't have the time to drive where we were going. And it, it felt weird. That was one of those days that we had to let, one of those years, we had to let go of Christmas Day being on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Because we traveled because it was so much cheaper to travel on Christmas Day. But we made it fun. We got ugly sweater t-shirts because nobody really wanted to fly with a big, heavy sweater. Sweater. <laughs> So we got ugly sweater T-shirts to wear. One of my daughters got those miniature candy canes, and she handed them out to everybody she saw. She just it. So it was, you know, you can do some things to make travel fun. I mean, go on Pinterest, and you'll find a bazillion travel games. You know, I right. I, I can name all of them, but think about the logistics of traveling. Like, what's going to make it work? And then I think you even have to ask the question, is it going to work? You know, when our kids were little, we could travel to grandma and grandpa, which was Mike and I and six kids and presents. And and then do we take presents for the kids or do we open presents before we go or, and it was like, okay, it's grandma and grandpa. There's two of them. Like, it is so much easier if they would travel to us. Yes. We would travel to them. And so sometimes you have to have that conversation like, mm. hey, this is logistically challenging and even be willing to say, and this is how much it's going to cost us. Right. Like, if you guys would travel to us, it's a fraction of the cost.
0: Right.
1: Still be together. So,
0: I was just gonna say, I think it's good for us to to just think about like, you know, where where does our heart tell us we want to be, but we have to match that with the reality of our checkbook and the time that we have to travel, like you're saying. And so I'm, I think one of the great things that came out of COVID was we learned we can see people on Zoom and do like family calls and things like that. So there are ways that we can connect with our family without us Actually, traveling there, I know it's not exactly the same, but we still can connect and have meaningful time together virtually.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it actually gives us the ability to connect with more people sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the other logistic that I learned over the years traveling was just where is everybody going to stay and being realistic about that. My, our families have kind of differing opinions about that too. My family, whenever we traveled, when I was younger, we always stayed in a hotel. We never stayed at somebody's house. And on the one hand, I love the sort of graciousness of that. Like, I want to come see you, but I don't want to be a burden to you. So I'm going to stay in a hotel so that I get to see you, you know, during the day, but you don't have to make space for me. My husband's family they always traveled and even still to this day they go and stay with people the whole way like they very rarely mm-hmm. stay in a hotel and i was like oh man i love that like you get to stay up late and play games yeah. and you know greet each other in the morning with bedhead and a nice cup of coffee <laughs> kind of thing you know so there's positives to both you know both sides of that but having that conversation of what what are we expecting and what is realistic And when my kids were younger, you know, we could we could throw two kids on a couch, one on either end. Yeah, slumber party on the floor. (laughs) Yeah, like all the cousins by the Christmas tree, and you'd have you know bodies everywhere. (laughs) But as my kids got older, I was like, oh wait, this child is you know 14 years old, but a grown adult body. Right. They one take up more space. And two, they don't want to be woken up by grandma getting coffee at 6 a.m. now, or they want to stay up super late and the rest of us are trying to go to bed. And then they're grumpy. Yeah, yeah. It's not okay if you're grumpy. Yeah. When teenagers are
0: grumpy, it's a little hard on everybody else.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like there are a lot of similarities between a 14-year-old and a four-year-old when it comes to lack of sleep. I'm just going <laughs> to. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so think those things through. And sometimes, you know, that might influence where you go or when you go. We spent several Christmases with family that was a little bit closer to us, but we wouldn't go until first thing in the morning because I wanted everybody to sleep in their own beds. Mm. And I didn't want to have to think about packing clothes and toiletries on top of presents and everything else. And we were like, we are just, I would far rather drive three hours, see you spend the day and drive three hours home, than manage the finding someplace to sleep for the night. Right. Just think through the logistics of travel too.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I was thinking, related to travel just a little tip that helps I think no matter what kids your age are is snacks bring lots of snacks, <laughs> lots of snacks. <laughs> however you travel where, however long it takes to bring lots of snacks
1: <laughs> I know I was thinking about that the other day like how have I messed myself and my kids up by saying food is a reward? And I was like, you know what? I, I don't care. Food is <laughs> like Here you go. You did that. Awesome. Here's a twist. You know? <laughs> Sometimes it's just necessary. Like don't think too deeply about it. I mean, even to this day, I I have a a challenging doctor's appointment. Well, great. Then I get a Starbucks afterwards. Yes. I still reward myself with food. I do too. I'm I'm all about it. (laughs) No judgment here. (laughs) I know. I know. Don't just don't tell my nutritionist. Okay. (laughs) Or my therapist. My therapist can say something too. I don't care. I don't care. You know, all of these things, both the expectations and, you know, some of the logistics, a lot of it comes down to balancing our family plans and remembering that our family unit, very rarely is our family unit just, you know, us, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. It often involves extended family, in-laws. I'm at a stage now in life where it also includes Married kids who had the nerve to have this <laughs> other family to consider. And even my kids that are dating, they, they weirdly, I, I wanna... say it's weirdly, <laughs> they want to spend time with the person that they are dating on holidays. So you've got more people to consider in all of this. And so back to that flexibility, it's really about, I think it's honoring and it's loving when we have the ability to be a little bit flexible with mm-hmm. our plans to include some mm-hmm. of them.
0: I think we can think about too, like the holidays, again, our time for us to be together and love each other and all of that. And sometimes one of the ways that we love each other is through our flexibility, right? So sometimes like between you and your spouse, when you have different ideas of whose side of the family you're going to be with for a holiday, sometimes we're the one that gets to love our spouse sacrificially by saying, okay, we're going to go spend time with your family and Like we can acknowledge that like we are sad about not being with our family or whatever that looks like, but realize too, like, this is an opportunity to show love to our spouse and our in-laws and whoever it is we're making, making the choice to, to be with.
1: Right. And if you, if you can release the hang up of the, the day, I think it makes it easier to say, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, Thanksgiving is really super important to your mom. Thanksgiving is super important to me too. And I my expectation was that we were going to sit around our own table and your mom's expectation is that we're going to sit around her table. Mm -hmm. So guess what? We're going to go on Thanksgiving day and sit around her table. And two days later, we're going to sit around our table and we're going to do Thanksgiving, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) know? right. (laughs) And, and so I think sometimes you can do both and sometimes you have to say, we're going to do one or the other. My daughter, my oldest has been married now for three years and they don't live near us or her in-laws. They have to travel to both. And so they decided for now, I always want to qualify for now because (laughs) I'm hopeful it will change at some point. They swap and one year they come to us for Thanksgiving and the in-laws for Christmas. And then the next year, it swaps. So I know that this year, my daughter will be here at our house for Thanksgiving. Do I love it? No. But do I go, okay, this is what I get. This is what works for her Mm -hmm. and her family unit. And so we're going to work with it. And we are going to have the best time Mm -hmm. when they are here for Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. And at Christmas, when they're not with us, We're going to find ways to still make it special. Mm -hmm. Talk to them. We're going to have special care packages to send them either before Mm -hmm. or after. Like, we find ways to do it. But I I need to respect and honor the fact that they made this decision for their family unit. And that's what we're going to do. I don't need to be the grumpy mother-in-law that's like, why aren't you here? (laughs) I want to be someone that my son-in-law loves, not that he's wedding. And so that's one way I can do it. And I can, again, express my desires. If I say to my kids, Christmas Eve is really, really important to me. So I have a couple of kids who are married, but their other family now also lives in the same town. And even that gets a little sticky. So I think of friends of ours who've had both parents in the same town mm-hmm. and tried to juggle, like, how do we go to this family and then to this family? And, you know, what? what's important where? And so I've just said to them, hey, if you guys want to be with your other families Christmas morning, I get it. I understand I love it when you're here for Christmas morning, but Christmas Eve is what is really important to me. Like I want to do church service and dessert and I want to open Christmas PJs together. And so would you guys come spend Christmas Eve with us? Is that possible? And just say, if they can't, because the other family thinks Christmas Eve is important too, then they know where I stand and what Mm -hmm. I would like but i also can be gracious enough to say i get it we both want the same thing mm-hmm. somebody's not going to get it so yeah
0: yeah i think being grateful for what we get instead of what we don't is important and that's you know what i heard you say there like really just accepting what we cannot change i love the serenity prayer lord help me to accept the things i cannot change to change the things i can and then have the wisdom to know the difference and i think that is helpful to us in this season of my grown kids are with other, you know, the in laws. Maybe it's if you have divorced parents, you have, you know, multiple, three to four, you know, depending on what your spouse's situation is, too, like three to four different families that you could be with or you want to be with. And the reality is you can't be with all of them all of the time. It's just not possible. But be grateful for whatever time you do get with your you know extended family and just accept like this is reality it cannot be changed so how can i still choose joy in in the midst of it, it is just really really helpful and then i think sometimes too like thinking about we we're so often considering like all of the extras, right? Like extending out into our family and, and to in-laws and all these things. But I think it's also okay and good sometimes to just do what's best for your individual family unit when, when you need to do that. And, and that's okay. And you don't need to feel, feel bad about doing that because again, sometimes there are these different sides of the family to consider, or if there's conflict that's going on and you're just like, I don't want to step into that and bring that into the holidays. Like that, that's okay. It's okay to take a step back and say, you know what, we're not traveling. We're not going to have anyone over. We're just going to have quiet holidays. If that's what your family needs and wants, it's okay. And I don't think we need to feel like we need to over explain or feel bad. Like it's okay to make choices for your own family.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you are dreading spending Thanksgiving because it is stressful and contentious and all of that, it's okay to say, hey, we're not going to be able to be there for Thanksgiving, but we'll come by, you know, next Sunday for dessert. Like you can (laughs) set boundaries on what you want to do and still be in a loving, a loving manner. A friend of mine did the same thing as my daughter is doing right now. Like they swapped holidays Mm -hmm. and drive north to Minnesota for one holiday and drive south to Texas for the other to see family. And they just swapped back and forth every year. And I remember her saying to me, I know it's important to see family, but I just want Christmas in my own home. Mm -hmm. And they finally reached a point where they said, okay, we're still going to go visit family, but it's not going to be Christmas. Yeah, this on our own. Yeah, and so I think it is important to recognize what's the best. What's the best for your family? Mm -hmm. You know that touched on another thing. Holidays are really kind of a hard time. Whether it is there's strife in the family because of something. I mean, let's just acknowledge politics right now makes some things really contentious. There may have been a divorce in the family. There may have been a move, a death in the family. I don't know how many people I've talked to recently that have had some influential member of their family pass away. My husband is on his way right now to a funeral. And it is kind of this patriarch of the family of his extended family that's passed away. And so the holidays are going to look really different this year without that person. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that. That brings mm-hmm. a lot of stress into the holidays mm-hmm. and sometimes clouds what we've done in the past and and what we want to do in the future. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good to acknowledge that and and really honor some of the The traditions maybe that we had, but also be open to starting new things. Mm -hmm. And so I just think so many family dynamics change. I mean, even the fact that I'm going to have another child married when we come to this Christmas is going to be a change in the family dynamic. And so I think it's really important that we take a moment to recognize that. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And know that it's okay to feel the feelings. And like you said, there's so many different types of change or loss that we can experience that make the holidays hard. I've shared on this podcast before, you know, my parents got divorced a couple of years back. And so for me, the holidays have some grief in them because they're different from what they used to look like. But what I've learned through it is Just because they're different doesn't mean they can't be good and they can't be meaningful. And so, again, how do I hold on to what's good? How do I look for what's good intentionally? And and I think one thing I struggled with was like, what do I do with the memories that I have when my reality is different? And I think what I have processed and learned is that you can still honor and cherish what was except what is, and you can still look forward to the future with hope because God is always good. And even in loss and change, there are still good things and blessings to be found. So we just have to I think, acknowledge how we feel, know that it's okay to cry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to miss how things were. But let's also be where our feet are, like in the present, in our present circumstances and choose to, again, be joyful, choose to honor the true meaning of the holidays, focus on the good things and yeah, just feel the feelings. I think as we feel them is is important.
1: Those are such wise words, Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, friend. (laughs) Honor the past and and be where you are right now and look to the future. I think those that's excellent. And you can be in all three spaces.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it requires that we set boundaries on things, you know. I think divorce situations is a perfect example where you're like, you know what, I don't want to feel the push and the pull between both families. And so I think for my mental health and for our families, we're, we're going to say, we're going to call you on Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. but we're doing Christmas as our family. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want, I don't want that. So I think that's a thing that it's important to know that it might cause some discomfort to say, mm-hmm. Hey, we're not, we're not coming this Christmas, mm-hmm. but you are allowed to say that. Right. I think that's important. At the same time, I think there is no perfect way to do the holidays. Mm -hmm. Like you get to make the best choice for right now. And if you say, you know, we're not doing this, this Christmas, you're not saying we're not ever doing this again, right? You're saying we're not doing this, this Christmas. Or if you say we have, I want to do this. We have to do this. You're not saying you have to do it every year. I think back, I went and traveled to see my grandparents once and it was like logistically challenging. It went against everything that we talked about, (laughs) but there was just something in me that was like, no, I want to go see my grandparents. And we went and it was a lovely visit. And on our way home, my grandmother unexpectedly passed away. And I, I look back at that sometimes and I go, okay, I don't regret it. Mm -hmm. It was challenging the way we traveled. I look back at that's a whole nother story for another day, but the way we traveled, I look back at it now and I'm like, we were insane, but it was so meaningful Mm -hmm. because there was this, this nine in me, I call it the Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. nine in me that said, you need to go. And so we made it happen. And so I just think don't don't fight those. If you're really feeling in your spirit like we just we need it to be just our family,
0: then it's OK. Mm-hmm. It's
1: OK to acknowledge that.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. I think it's good I, in terms of boundaries to think about, you know, boundaries with others. So saying no to invitation sometimes, you know, saying we're going to come, but we are not going to stay all night, or we're not going to talk about these certain things. That's okay. I think we feel some bad sometimes about like, oh, you know, I need to create this boundary and and it feels icky. But I think boundaries are actually very helpful. They help us to have better relationship, better mental health with, with others. So I just think we need to normalize some, some boundary making with, with others. But then, you know, what I found Jen is that I often need to create boundaries for myself because, <laughs> because I'm the person where I'm like, you need help with that. Yes. I will, you know, do that. Or we get an invitation to something. And I'm like, Oh, I so want to be there. Like I can't say no, but I've learned the hard way just year, year over year that, I have to say no to things. Like I cannot do it all because when I try to do it all, I'm dragging my family along with me and they are not always (laughs) pleased or happy about those things. So what I've learned is like, again, go back to conversation with your spouse. Sometimes our spouse is the person who can see in us, like, I'll I'll tell my husband, like, I have this opportunity, should I do it? And he won't tell me like, yes or no, he'll just kind of talk me through it and help me realize (laughs) that I know the answer is no, but I just need to, I need someone to help me say it. So sometimes the boundary we need to make with, with is ourselves. So that could go to over scheduling, I think it can apply to overspending. At the holidays, because we have this desire to buy presents for everyone. And we'll talk more about that in the next episode. But just sometimes the boundary that we need is with ourselves. So I think it's helpful to have, have an accountability partner. We were, you and I were talking something about that earlier. Like just share it with a friend, like, hey, I know I have a tendency to say yes to everything. Can you just check in with me and ask about that? Or, I was thinking again about money. Like we have this tendency to want to overspend at the holiday. So like conversation with your spouse and being accountable to each other about like, this is what we can do while we may want to do more, whether that is with money or with our time, this is what we have. This is what we can spend. So how are we going to spend it and kind of decide ahead of time so that in the moment when you're presented with an opportunity or, you know, whether that's to go somewhere, to do something or to buy something, we can just take a step back and say, you know what, it doesn't fit in the boundary that I set. So I can't, and, and it's okay. Life's going to go on. The holidays can still be meaningful, even though we say no to certain things.
1: Yeah. I am the worst offender. I always think I can do 10 things <laughs> when I really only have time and money for three. Yes. Yeah. 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 I know we do. We need to set those boundaries with ourselves too. I think too, to keep in mind when you're doing that, that there are different seasons of life. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of as a mom, there's a season when I have babies and toddlers and their schedules dictate so much. Like on the one hand, they're super easygoing because you got a baby that you know, you just kind of tag them along with you and go do some things, or yeah. maybe your baby's fussy right now, and you're like, we can't just tag them along um, and go somewhere. I think often how sometimes when they're younger, one day of fun requires five days of recovery. Yes, right? and so you almost have to ask yourself, okay, is this one day of fun worth it? Like, <laughs> is this important enough that I'm willing to do the recovery time? Mm-hmm. Or would it be better for me to find a way to do it without my child? Or is it better for me to say, you know what, this is just not the year we're doing it. My family loves amusement parks. But when the kids were little, little, there was this time frame where we just didn't do amusement parks. It was too difficult to divide and, you know, the whole nine yards. And so the same thing could be true, you know, if your family is a, we love running, but I have a kid that that's just not going to work with right now, you know, yeah. then it's not the season for a family run Maybe right. it's for an individual run. Right. I think too, like preschoolers, sometimes they need structure and the, the easygoing, constantly changing schedule of the holidays is really hard on them. And mm-hmm. so if you need to say, My preschooler needs to be in bed at 7.30 at night. So anything you're asking me to do after 7.30 at night is going to be a no right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you're okay. Yeah.
0: Or making it back for the little ones who still take a nap. Like I sometimes had this love-hate relationship with naps because it's like, oh yes, you know, it's like the time where they're resting and I can do things or whatever. But then other times when you're out, it's like, oh, we gotta get back for the nap. But I think again, just if we look for the joy in that, like sometimes it's a real blessing that we get to say, we got to go because it's nap time or bedtime or whatever. Like that's a good, that can be a really good thing. So let's. It's a good out. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, you and I, I think have the perspective of, you know, I have a high schooler and a middle schooler and you have older kids to just realize what you're saying. Like there's these seasons, there's joy and challenges in each season. So let's just appreciate each one for what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those junior high, high schoolers, they have the nerve to have a verbal expression of they have their own activities, right? (laughs) I'm like, we reached a point, I have kids that play basketball and we reached a point where we knew we were gonna have to say no to traveling for Thanksgiving and Christmas Mm -hmm. for like six years Mm -hmm. just because of the basketball schedule. There's a tournament that happens Thanksgiving, and practices and picture yeah. tryouts i guess the tournaments christmas and the tryouts are thanksgiving okay. but enough that we're like we we can't travel like they they don't have anything christmas eve and christmas day but everything around it
0: yeah
1: is. so it's like okay we we just know for the next 6 years which that sounds like a lot but trust me it really isn't <laughs> but for the next 6 years christmas is at our place and we could i we could know that and we could plan for that so we could say to the the extended family we're here for the next 6 years because of of mm-hmm. this and if i had a child that suddenly went i don't want to play basketball anymore then then the schedule changes right mm-hmm. and when you have college kids that makes it's even a stranger schedule and they're in this weird balance of independence and even weird schedules of Mm -hmm. when they're home and when they're not, if they go away to college. And then we talked about it too, when you have grown kids that are possibly married, then you have additional people to consider. Like everything is a different stage. And so there's some things that you could say, Hey, we're going to do this every Christmas, but there's some things that you're just not going to be able to do that. So,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think like we said earlier, just enjoying the season that you're in and sometimes you're in multiple because you have you know different ages of kids or what have you but seeing each season as looking for the blessings not focusing on the burdens and just adjusting accordingly because like you said even though six years for basketball seems like a lot like truly sometimes it's like the Years are like the blink of an eye when you look backward at just how far your kids, yeah, how much they've grown and how much they've changed and all of that over the years. So just enjoy, enjoy where you are. And Jen, I think this was such a great conversation and listeners, I hope that it helps you. So just a couple, just to recap a little bit, you know, think about. Expectations and how you want your holidays to feel. What matters most to each member of your family, and trying to to make that a priority. We talked about travel. We talked about balancing family plans with everyone's considerations and schedules and all of that. How we talked about how it's important to talk through holiday grief, and then when to say no and have boundaries. So I hope this is an episode you will listen to over and over again. And I hope that you will share it with your friends. So if you listen, take a screenshot and post it on Instagram and you can tag me and Jen. And we just want to be a blessing to everyone in the holiday season. So we'll be back next time with some practical hacks and things that apply to the holidays that we hope will help you as well. So we'll see you next time as we go i want to remind you that you're doing an amazing job as a mom no you're not perfect none of us are there's no such thing but you're showing up you're learning from your mistakes and you've got god on your side he fills in the gaps of our imperfections and we can trust him keep going, my friends. You are doing good and meaningful work. I'll see you next time.